It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Uh, if this is the first time you heard the show, well, you kind of don't know what's going on, but we talk about estate planning and elder law most of the time. But uh, today we're, we're going to skip that. Now, the idea behind estate planning is to avoid going through court, avoiding probate, legally pay the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. We had just a a big round of seminars this week. Thank you for everybody out there who attended our seminars. But we're going to talk a little bit of politics this week, and I'm going to be a little selfish about this. Um, I live in South Brooklyn. been living here, you know, pretty much my entire life. My grandparents had a house here, you know, over 100 years ago. And, you know, they, they say all politics is local. Well, today we're going to have a number of people running for the city council in Republican primaries, which is very unusual, but the dynamics of South Brooklyn politics has changed over the years, and now we do have, because the Republicans have a good shot of winning these seats, we're going to be talking to three people who are running for city council in the primaries. Actually going on now, the primary day is June 27th, so if you haven't voted by them, please vote. Again, the primary system, you have to be an enrolled member of the party to be able to vote um, before, you know, that's the primary rules or whatever. But we're going to start with Ina Vernikoff, then we're going to go to Vita Labella, and then Ari Kagan. Ina Vernikoff and Ari Kagan are already on the city council, and we'll hope that Mr. Labella will join them in the near future. So we're going to start again with Ina Vernikoff after the break. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, tax, Taxes and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now.
now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Right now, we're very pleased to have one of the Republican City Council members, New York City Council, Ina Vertikoff. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I was looking, and and I was astounded. You have a primary this year? I thought you were a shoe-in because you won by such a convincing margin in your last race. Yeah. Uh, last election, I won almost by 30 points. I beat the Democrat, who actually ran twice as a Republican before. Um, it was a historic victory. You know, this was a Democrat seat for 100 years. So it was a pretty big deal. Um, that was a very, very exciting moment, I think, for not just our district, but for conservative and Republican New Yorkers, uh, because nobody ever expected to see, right now, a Republican win in New York City. So it was pretty big. Now, now let me ask you something. In southern Brooklyn, last couple of years, there have been a fair number of Republican wins in local city council uh, assembly races, whatever. Why do you attribute that? Why is the change coming in, in Southern Brooklyn? Well, I think, first of all, uh, there are a lot of people here who are who have Republican conservative ideals who just happen to be registered Democrats. Uh, I mean, that's what happened when I was campaigning last time. I was talking to people on the ground. And a lot of people tell me, oh, I, I vote Republican in the general, but uh, I'm a registered Democrat. So a lot of these uh, different groups in, in the district or in this, in this part of Brooklyn have basically convinced uh, the public that it's, it's best to register as a Democrat so you can vote in the Democrat primaries and kind of pick the, the better one of the, the, the two evils, I guess. Um, and then you can vote for the Republican in the general election, which is kind of a logical argument. You know, um, it's appealing to, to some people. So we we have in my district, it's two to one Democrat. Um, but a lot of the Democrats are conservative and vote Republican. And then also they're just, you know, the people are really fed up with the Democratic Party, with the direction of the Democratic Party. There are a lot of immigrants here from the former Soviet Union, and they feel like the party's really moving us backwards towards the same place we escaped. Um, and so they're really angry. They're angry about about the Democratic Party on the local level. They're angry about it on the national level. And they just, you know, no matter what, they will not vote for a Democrat. Yeah, and I mean, that's a trend. I mean, that's changed dramatically. And you were one of the, the front runners in that change. Yeah, I mean, I think after my victory... Uh, which took a lot in, in, and uh, had a lot of people, you know, push and pull and really participate and go out there, canvas. And really, there's, there was so much. It, was, it really took a village, um, you know. But I think after that victory, a lot of people were encouraged uh, that, yes, we, we can win in the city. And a lot of people decided 
to run for office as Republicans. And so we saw three wins in this area. We got three new assembly members that all ran on the Republican line, and we got three new Republican seats. Getting back to your race, what what do you feel you've accomplished since you've been in office, and why should somebody vote for Ina? Uh, sure. So I think that my number one accomplishment is that I have kept the promises that I made, um, and if there was something that I couldn't accomplish completely, I definitely tried, and I, I fought for it. So I think, um, you know, there, there are two things here. There, there are kind of like two parts to this job. Part one is constituent services. I think that's almost the most important part of this job, making sure that you, um, that you satisfy your constituents, that you uh, listen to them, that you fulfill their requests, that you, you know, listen to their complaints and that you do something about it. And so we've been, I think, pretty good at that. We are number one in Brooklyn and number two in New York City for constituent services. We have to date completed more than 4,500 cases, which is a lot uh, for a council member's office. Um, and, you know, there are different issues people come to us with. It's really just local issues, quality of life, um, you know, politics is really relevant to this part of my job. It's really just know, fixing up the roads, making sure DOT is doing their job, making sure sanitation comes to pick up their garbage, you know, making sure things are safe around here. There's, uh, we need more police presence somewhere, making sure the police pays attention to crime in the area. Um, so this is something that I think we've done pretty well. We have uh, about eight staffers in the office. We're a very, very busy office. And, you know, we try to be very responsive. Sometimes we take a little longer because we get overwhelmed with requests. But we really try our best uh, and make sure we meet with people and we talk to people and we respond to their complaints in a timely manner. And then the second part of my job is, you know, I, I say on the other side, it's in City Hall. It's uh, legislating and it's also really being the voice of the people, um, speaking up for issues that matter. And for me, it's also speaking up on things that others are afraid to speak up on. So, for example, anti-Semitism is on the rise in our city, in our country. And I feel that it hasn't been addressed adequately by people in office. And so I've tried my best to be the voice for my district. I represent a large amount of uh, Jewish New Yorkers. And I really feel that they've been overlooked. Um, and not been paid attention to and treated differently than other minority groups. So I've been pretty big on speaking up for victims of anti-Semitic hate crimes. Um, and there's just a lot going on with that subject altogether. Uh, there's different aspects to it. But I think I've been pretty good at being the voice uh, for the Jewish community in my district. Um, but there are also many, many other issues that I think some people wouldn't speak up on and I think what's interesting is that, you know, I've been here for about a year and a half now in the city council. I think what's really interesting is that there are issues that, you know, you would think are strictly Republican issues. You know, it's Republican talking points. It's, you know, no Democrats agree with this. But, but actually what I found interesting is that a lot of the Democrats in city council actually come over to us 
this has happened multiple times this year, um, and say, you know, I, I really agree with you on that. And sometimes they'll even work behind the scenes to help us. Um, for example, I could talk about the, the landlord bill intro to 632A uh, that they tried to pass. Uh, but that's a great example because I've had some Democrats, actually progressive Democrats, who were on my side with this issue. Um, and they wouldn't go to a hearing and talk about it, and they wouldn't make their their positions public on it. But behind the scenes, I know they were working to help, and they, they did agree with me. So I think that's really it's really interesting. Now, when you, when you talked about anti-Semitism, and, uh, you know, it, it's hard to believe that in our times there there is real anti-Semitism. Can you give some examples of some of the things that have happened over the last couple of years? Sure. I mean, and it, it is hard to believe that this is happening in the United States of America. Um, and it's especially disheartening for me to see because I'm an immigrant from the former Soviet Union, where a lot of the immigrants were basically escaping anti-Semitism, all forms of anti-Semitism. Um, but they ran away to this country for freedom uh, and for freedom of religion, to be able to go to a synagogue and not have to look over your shoulder. Someone's going to, you know, hit you or or uh, curse you out. Uh, you know, being able to have a bar or bat mitzvah or a wedding publicly in a, in a synagogue, not have to hide in a basement, because that's what we did in the Soviet Union. Um and so for me, this is a big topic because I just can't believe that it's happening today in America in the freest, best country in the world, in my opinion. Um, and I'll give you some examples. There's, there's a lot that's been happening, and I think there's a lot that we've tackled. Uh, but an example is, you know, in December of 2021, I, I just got into office. I think I was in office for about two weeks. Uh, two boys from my district were shopping for sneakers in Bay Ridge. They were waiting for the Foot Locker to open. And one of them was wearing an IDF hoodie. Uh, it's a hoodie for uh, Israel Defense Forces. It, it had a big Star of David on it. So it probably is obvious to other people that this, this man, this, this boy is probably Jewish. So they were standing outside. One of them was wearing this hoodie. And uh, a couple of uh, Palestinian boys came over to them, and one of them said, "You need to take off this hoodie, or I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up." And this boy, who is, I think he was 17 years old at the time, maybe 18, um, he he's never experienced anti-Semitism. This was a surprise to him. He was born in this country. His parents immigrated from the former Soviet Union as well, but he was born here, and he's never experienced anything like this. And he actually refused to take off the hoodie. Uh, and so he got punched in the face. He got called a dirty Jew. And then the kid ran away. Oh, he also spilled coffee on him. Um, and this really traumatized him and his family uh, because just like myself, they ran away. They escaped the Soviet Union a long time ago. Um, and they loved this country. And they couldn't believe this happened to them. And so I basically decided that I'm going to take this case uh, and I'm going to make an example out of it and I'm going to make sure I'm going to do my best to make sure that there is there are consequences for the attacker in this case and so I I made sure this case got a lot of attention it ended up getting national and international media attention 
um, there ended up being pressure on the district attorney to make sure that the attacker is prosecuted. And just now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure if you uh, had the chance to look at my social media or read the news about this, but the, um, the attacker is going to jail. He's going to jail for two months. He's going to have, he's going to be on probation for three years and he's going to have a permanent uh, criminal record. Now, you know, some people may say, oh, he's going to jail for two months. That's nothing. He should have been in jail for a year, for two years. Well, you know, I say to those people, um, you guys don't forget where we're living. We're living in liberal utopia, New York City, where if you commit crimes, unless you commit a very, very serious crime, you're going home before the cops go home. There's no punishment. Nobody pays attention to you. Nobody cares. And especially for something like a black and blue, uh, nobody would have paid attention to this case. Nobody, this, this kid would have been at home um, enjoying his summer right now. So it was really important for me to make sure that there are consequences to, sh to send a message that if you're going to commit crimes, if you're going to commit anti-Semitic hate crimes or any hate crimes or any crimes, you're going to jail. So that's what we got. We, we achieved that. And I think it's a pretty big deal to, to right now in the times we're living in to get consequences for an attacker. Now, there should be consequences for all attackers, but good job. Let me ask you something. Now, Republicans, a lot of Republicans are not used to voting in primaries. So we got to let people know. Now, if you haven't voted in early voting, what's election, What's primary date, June 27th? The primary is on June 27th, but right. people can still vote in early voting. Still, uh, They could still vote today, tomorrow. They could vote through Sunday um, in early voting. They have to find their poll site. They can go to vote.nyc to find their poll site, their early, early voting site. Um, and then they can vote at their regular voting site on June 27th. All right. And where can somebody else find more about your campaign or your accomplishments in office? Do you have a website? So they could uh, look up my accomplishments on my social media. I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter. I have Facebook. It's Councilwoman Ina Vernikov. And then my reelect page is just something we started uh, probably two months ago. We, we really got hit with this primary uh, we didn't really expect it. You know, like you said in the beginning, everyone thought I was a shoe-in. Nobody imagined that I would even have a primary. Um, so it kind of came as a surprise. And it's tricky because, like you said, people are not voting. And if you want me to give you the numbers for uh, the last couple of days, I think you will be pretty shocked. But it's <laughs> 22 people in the entire district voted in, on Saturday. Uh, 34 people voted on Sunday, and I think 25 people voted on Monday. We didn't have the numbers for yesterday yet, but these are these are the numbers. So it's, it's like 80 people that voted in the entire district out of the 23,000 registered Republicans. It's a little it's a little frightening, but if you haven't voted by June 27th, please go out. It's your civic duty to go vote. Again, Republicans, in a lot of cases, we don't have primaries, but this year we do. Don't forget to vote on June 27th. Ina Vernikoff, thank you for trying to bring the two-party system back to New York. You're doing a good job. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really important that we get more Republicans into office. Uh, I think we have an incredible opportunity now to get two to three more seats in the council, and it will really make a difference. And, you know, I think you could see now how things are shifting somewhat, um, and things are, I think, changing for the better. And, you know, you could even see in some of the comments of the Democrats running for council, for example, in District 43, um, I saw that two of the Democratic candidates said that they would join the Common Sense Caucus if they were to get elected. I mean, I think that's a pretty big deal uh, for Democrats to openly say that they will join the Common Sense Caucus. Um, just for your listeners, we have in the city council called something called the Common Sense Caucus. It consists of six Republicans and two Democrats, uh, you know, obviously what we call Common Sense Democrats people who vote with us quite often and uh, i think it's you know it, it's a big deal to have eight it, it's a block of eight votes and if we get say we get two more seats we're a block of 10 and we become a really important block of votes um and and it really matters it really matters for changing this the trajectory of our city right now all right new york city council member ina vernikoff good luck to you thank you so much for having me If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Again, this is an election year, and not only that, it's primary season right now. And I know a lot of us who are on the right side of the aisle, we're not used to having primaries, you know... (laughs) within the Republican Party, but we do have some primaries right now. And one of our guests is running for the city council, Vita Labella. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Okay, so where exactly is your district? So District 43 is kind of runs like a snake between uh, um, Bensonhurst, Gravesend, uh, a part of Diker, a part of Sunset, um, pretty much, pretty much like a, I would say, the, almost like an S uh, along the the South Brooklyn corridor. Now, for those for those listeners out there who are not interested in South Brooklyn, and I don't know why anybody would, 
would not be interested. But, you know, there's been kind of a revolution in South Brooklyn politics over the last couple of years. Can you explain that? And what role do you have in, in playing in that revolution? Well, look, South Brooklyn is becoming uh, more and more, um, and I won't say right-leaning or conservative-leaning. I think it, I call it common sense-leaning. We, we, have, we have individuals here, independents, moderate Democrats, who are just not happy with the progressive far-left agenda that the majority of city council members are, are, are trying to push forth and foist on New Yorkers. And this is happening on the city level, the state level, and also on the federal level, okay? South Brooklynites, we're, we're, we're a history of immigrants. We're a family of immigrants, no matter where in the world you come from. And we believe in some of the things that uh, our parents taught us, our grandparents taught us. You're talking about hard work. You're talking about safety. You're talking about education as a step up. You're talking about these are the things that are so important to my community and really a lot of the community in South Brooklyn. So what do you think? I mean, you talked about a little bit. We're talking about safety and education, and those are the two of the biggest issues, I think, for most of the listeners out there, most of the people in New York City. But what would you do to help on those issues, safety and education? Right. So if anyone doesn't know, I am a retired New York City police lieutenant. Um, I did 32 and a half years in the New York City Police Department, most of that as a lieutenant, all of that in transit. Uh, I would say 99% of that, my job was quality of life and crime conditions in the subway. Um, most of my career, I was uh, in plain clothes, going up and down the Lexington Avenue line, going down the Broadway line, uh, looking for bad people who are trying to victimize other people, stopping them for minor violations. It's known as the broken windows theory. It was started you know, way, way back in like 1989 by a transit police chief, then transit police chief. Bill Bratton. Um, later on, he became the commissioner of New York City under Giuliani. And we started hitting minor violations. And when we stopped somebody for a beating the fair or uh, smoking a cigarette or drinking a beer, we might find a gun on that person. We might find that person is wanted for robbery or murder. I had several, several times where I'd stop somebody, I'd run his name, and they're wanted for murder. So this is, the, this is uh, quality policing. Stopping individuals, not picking on anybody. We're not picking on people. We're looking for bad guys who are in the subway looking for victims. And, you know, we did that from 1989 when the crime rate was through the roof and the subways were unrideable. The city was almost unlivable to wait 20 years, 20 years of Republican leadership. We brought the crime rate and especially crime in the subway way, way down. And starting in 2016, when the de Blasio administration pulled back on these policies, you see crime and crime in the subway start to creep up and we, we got to go back and we got to spread the word so no matter what happens we're going to be a minority in the city council i understand that we get 10 seats we could work with common sense democrats and get a caucus together and let our voice be heard and just uh, what you want to do is you want to work with the mayor you want to you want to um well, what's the right word? You want to just spread the word and make it clear what they're doing and make it clear what the alternatives are and as as someone who will be in the minority no matter what, I'm used to I, I'm used to doing this because I'm also a community activist. I've been working for my retirement. When I retired in 2017, I went right from policing into the Department of Education 
And very soon after that, uh, I had to take on City Hall because they were trying to destroy all of the good parts, all the parts of the school school system that were working, much like they dismantled stuff in the police department that was working. They tried to dismantle gifted and talented, the specialized high schools, the screen schools, all the all of the things, all of the programs that people want, especially people in South Brooklyn in, in community education um, district 20, which is uh, it's like the community board. It's the, the school district that we live in. And District 43 is pretty much um, all of the schools in District 20 are in District 43. So, I mean, there's so much synergy between everything that we're doing here. And uh, I, I've been doing it for I've, I've been doing it for so long. I have institutional knowledge institutional experience in both policing and in education and none of my candidates not my, my primary opponent not the dem candidates none of them have that experience that i do now is it an open seat right now you're running in yes sir this okay. was redistrict go ahead i'm sorry redistrict no no this was redistrict uh redistricted uh, this last year um ostensibly to uh make an asian seat but actually, if you take a look at uh, how they how they carved up South Brooklyn, uh, the truth of the matter is they use that as cover, which which, uh, you know, a lot of the progressives do. They they say it's about one thing. But when you look under the hood, it's really about something else. And you see what they did. They took a chunk of uh, uh, a chunk of Brooklyn, the Fort Hamilton Army Base, Bath Beach surrounding area, and they gave it to uh, Staten Island. Now, now, Dave Carr is a great council member. He doesn't have a primary opponent. He doesn't even have a general opponent. He's going to be a great addition to Brooklyn. He's going to represent uh, those people in that community very, very well. But those those seats could have gone to a Brooklyn Republican. They knew they were red-leaning seats, so let's throw it in Staten Island. They can't do any damage, but they could hurt us in Brooklyn. Likewise, they took a huge chunk of Diker, um, huge chunk, and they gave it to Alexa Avilas, put it with Sunset Park, Red Hook, Park Park Slope, the bluest of the blue. And they didn't do it for Asian representation. They did it to disenfranchise conservative-leaning voters and to, I call it, Avilas, Brannon, Mander, the rest of the district, because Justin Brannon didn't want to go against Alexa Avilas. So they made this district, uh, 47, with a one-block connector between Bay Ridge and parts of Coney Island. Okay, they threw Ari Kagan under the bus. I don't blame him for switching over to Republican. You know, what What else could he do? It's just, it was disgusting what they did. If you saw that one block connector in Alabama and, and Republicans did it, you would be outraged, rightfully so. There was not enough outrage that Brannon did it. All right, well, let's, we, you know, now, again, I think a lot of Republicans, they're not used to voting in primaries. And early voting's going on right now, but when when is the primary date? June 27th, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., vote.newyorkcity. You could uh, go there, punch in your address, and you'll find out your voting site. Okay, and a lot of the districts have changed and so forth, so you may have a primary and not know it. So it might not be a bad idea to, you know, to put it in. And primary elections are important. You know, we've, we, again, those of us who are not Democrats, we're not used to voting in primaries. But this year, there seems to be a whole flock of them in Brooklyn. Well, you know, I think that that could be the sign. It could be a healthy sign as well. We want more participation. We want moderate Democrats to come over to us. We want independents to come over to us. So they have a, a voice in the type of candidate they want to go into the general. For years and years, 
uh, people said, well, I'm voting the primary because whoever wins the Democratic primary is going to win. That's not the case anymore. So, you know, you should really join up with a party that you will have the most influence over. And then by your voice and by voting, you can support the kind of candidates you want and the kind of candidates that you think would best represent uh, the district that you're in. All right. Now, where can somebody find out more about your campaign and what's going on? And again, the, the, the primary election, which is important this year, is, is June 27th. That's right around the corner. Right around the corner. Yeah. Like, and everybody, look, I think it behooves Republicans, uh, all of us, to get into the mindset of bank your vote. Bank your vote. Uh, once a prime early voting is open, you know what? You take your time. You go, to, you go to vote as soon as you can. As soon as there's nothing to do, you go and vote. This way, you don't have to worry about on Election Day if the weather's horrible, if you don't feel well, or the, the kids have something going on or, or sick, or any one of the oh, myriad things that can happen when, when you have to do something on a day. Uh, so you go, you vote any time uh, between now and Sunday. Uh, polls are open today. I'm sorry, uh, polls are open between now and uh, Sunday. And uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But we got to get out as Republicans and vote in uh, primaries and vote as soon as we can. If you want to know more about Vito LaBella, then you go to VitoLaBellaForNewYork.com. I'm very proud of uh, a newly redesigned website. Of course, it probably still has some bugs in it, so it's not perfect, but we're working on it still. But what I'm most, most um, uh, proud of on the website is it has an option to translate into Spanish and uh, Chinese. So we're very excited about that. We're going to add more languages as we get more money. But uh, I have a commitment to reaching out to every single community and uh, reaching out in their home language and getting our message of conservative values as solutions to the problems that are impacting New York City. Yeah, well, I think that's the message of Brooklyn right now. There are a lot of people with different languages who need representation. And we're all Americans. Absolutely. We're all neighbors. Vito, good luck. Hopefully we'll talk to you after the primary. Michael, thank you so much. You have a great day. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. This morning when I was being driven into work by my assistant Titania. She gave me a postcard she got in the mail, and she has a picture of our next guest with Nicole Maliotakis, who's endorsed Harry Kagan for the city council. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, so I guess that's a pretty big deal to be endorsed by our congresswoman. 
I'm thrilled and I'm very excited. It's uh, uh, so many uh, people, so many elected officials, so many um, prominent conservatives are uh, endorsing my candidacy for uh, city council. Uh, we have a lot in common when it comes to uh, support for uh, NYPD in public safety, uh, improving our quality of life, uh, fighting for merit-based education, to lower taxes. So we have a lot in common, and I'm very, very grateful to Congresswoman Nicole Malatakis, to former state senator Mari Golden, to former mayoral candidate uh, uh, Curtis Sliva, to four uh, police unions. But of course, the most important decision is for voters to decide on Tuesday, June 27th primary. Right. Now, that's, of course, right right around the corner. And early voting is going on right now as we speak. Correct. Okay. Now, tell, tell the audience a little bit about your background, one. And two, you know, a lot of people on the Republican side of the aisle, they're not used to primaries. So it's, it's something new for them. So it's it's very important to vote in the primary because we don't otherwise we don't know who's going to be in the uh, general election, and we may not be able to win all the seats we can win this year. Thank you for this opportunity. I believe it's very good that we have Republican primaries. It will increase Republican uh, turnout. It will increase, um, I would say, awareness and civic awareness and political awareness among Republican voters in southern Brooklyn. Uh, this year is a very important election. I believe city council is a big deal. I'm a council member, and I can tell you that every vote counts, including in city council. And though Republicans are in a minority in city council, we can make a difference very often uh, just by bringing some issues to the forefront of the discussion and objecting to some absurd proposals from uh, some of the most uh, progressive uh, liberal uh, socialist members of city council. So, yes, it is the Republican primaries on, uh, on June 27th uh, in the 47th Council District. It includes Bay Ridge, a uh, small part of uh, Diker Heights, Best Beach, Grayson, Coney Island, and uh, Seagate. I'm currently council member, uh, councilman in 47th District, uh, but in the newly created 47th District, my uh, current district is about like 55% of the newly created council district. And in November, whoever wins uh, Republican nomination uh, will be facing Democrat councilman Justin Brennan. And I have complete um, opposite views on so many issues with him that I cannot even start. I can talk forever about his uh, position on uh, defunding NYPD, for example, voting every time for a new tax, a new, a new taxes, you know. And, He's, he's definitely against merit-based education, school education. We have opposite views. So it will be a very important election for people to decide. Now, a lot of people in the audience may know, some may not, but you used to be a Democrat, and now you switched to being a Republican. Can you tell the audience why? Yes, thank you for this question. Uh, I, uh, I came to America 30 years ago. With no money, no English. Uh, now I'm living my American dream. I'm New York City Councilman. Uh, America gave me all opportunities, and I use this opportunity. I'm very grateful. Uh, yes, I was a Democrat, but I, I couldn't be any longer a member of the party. I always say that uh, it's not me leaving the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. It moved so quickly and so fast to the left 
that I could not even keep up, especially on issues like public safety, for example. Just in the last few years, it was a dramatic move to release everybody from jail, to release everybody from custody. Police officers are going around arresting people, and everyday examples, even like you can read story in your post, recent story, uh, four police officers arrested the guy who slashed everybody on the subway, and 24 hours later, he showed up again at another subway station, and again uh, um, attacked someone and killed, murdered someone. So uh, it's impossible to, to keep up this Democrat party on issue of public safety. We just a few weeks ago voted in New York City Council. I voted against, and Councilman Brennan voted for it, about um, creating a civilian committee to release uh, thousands of detainees from Rikers Island in order to decrease population of this jail because Democrats want to close this jail. And I said that the best way to reduce number of people who are incarcerated is not to release everybody to the street, is to support NYPD, to support law enforcement, and to support youth programs to, to make sure that our young people have jobs, have education, have opportunities to succeed in America, and also to support our uh, law enforcement, uh, police, and all possible law enforcement, not uh, to close jails and to release everybody to the street. So I, I had huge disagreements with the Democratic Party, and last year it crystallized to the point of um, uh, every month I was arguing with uh, my Democratic colleagues and said, I, I cannot vote for this, I cannot. Last May, for example, there was a vote on enhanced pension benefits for police officers who served 25 years or longer. Can you imagine it did not pass? Because um, several socialist members of New York City Council said that the police officers are white supremacists and they're like worst of the worst. And I stood up uh, last May, I stood up in City Council and I said, what are you talking about? This is one of the most diverse police departments in America. A lot of African-Americans and Hispanic police officers uh, so it's complete absurd that you're uh, calling them white supremacists. And it's also very dangerous rhetoric. As a result, some criminals now attacking police officers. It happened in my district in the 60s prison. One police officer just stepped out of the prison and was attacked by one maniac uh, who believed that, like, we need to uh, open season on police officers. So my disagreements on public safety, my disagreements on taxation, I always was against. Um, uh, increasing taxes. I believe we need to do everything possible to lower taxes, not to increase, not to vote for another tax like congestion pricing. Uh, every every morning, another proposal to increase taxes like Councilman Brennan proposed to increase taxes on people who drive nice cars. He wants to double their uh, parking tickets. He believes it's a great idea to uh, have a different um, punishment for the same crime uh, uh, just looking at the income of people who committed the crime. I believe it should be same punishment for the same violation, same punishment for the same crime to everybody. Uh, with liberty and justice for all. That's the whole point of America. So uh, I, I, I moved so much away from Democratic Party. It was natural for me to become a Republican. And also, I, I don't think it's nothing wrong with listening to your constituents. Southern Brooklyn communities spoke very, sent very loud message last year um, that uh, they cannot take it anymore. Listen, uh, they defeated, they voted for Republicans and Messes, uh, for Zeldin, for uh, Lester Chang, for Alec Krasny, for Michael Novakov, and they sent several uh, Democratic elected officials, uh, assembly members, uh, to, to the retirement. So 
I believe I did the right thing. I feel at home at Republican Party, and I am very grateful for the opportunity, for endorsement, for support. And I'm uh, working every day, uh, knocking doors uh, all over the district, including in Bayridge. And uh, Republican voters feel the same. I'm very grateful for opportunity to represent everyone, including Republican voters. And I, I really ask him and, and for your support on Tuesday, June 27th primary. Yeah, and again, early voting is now. So if somebody wants to, if you listen to this program right now, Depending where you are, what day it's playing, you can go out and vote that day, it's, except if you listen to the night broadcast or whatever. But you can go out today and, and go vote. It's early voting. And and Republicans, yeah. for some reason, don't seem to go yeah. out and vote in, in early voting. Early voting is all over till Sunday. So Sunday is the last day of early voting, and anybody can vote. I believe it's the Fort Hamilton High School, and anybody who cannot vote on Tuesday can vote, like... Any day before uh, Sunday is the last day of early voting, which is an opportunity to vote, too. Okay, if somebody wanted to learn more about your, you know, they're trying to decide what's going on because they may not know much about you right now, but where can they learn more about you? What's your website? First of all, I have a, a Facebook page, uh, Councilman, uh, I, uh, re-elect Councilman Ari Kagan. That's a Facebook page. I'm very active in social media. So it's just simply Googling me, you'll you'll find a lot of stories. But I have a very active Facebook page, Re-elect Councilman Ari Kagan. I have a Twitter account and uh, Instagram. Uh, And also I'm going door-to-door talking to voters uh, every day. I I, I also uh, radio and TV host by by trade. My profession, I was a journalist most of my adult life. Uh, I, work, I, I, I was hosting a TV show here in America, in Russian language uh, TV station, RTM of America. Uh, for more than 20 years, I wrote for ethnic newspapers. I was a host of a, a radio show every morning, City News. It was all this about America, about New York, about Brooklyn, about uh, local issues. Politics is always local. I always um, wrote about... Uh, Issues related to quality of life, public safety, uh, uh, concerns of communities of southern Brooklyn. I volunteered for many community organizations. I helped people after Superstorm Sandy. I helped people during the pandemic. Uh, I was responsible for private private donations to Konyan Hospital, including even cell phone chargers. That was very helpful to doctors and patients in the hospital. And uh, after Superstorm Sandy... I helped uh, many people in Southern Brooklyn, especially in Coney Island. And uh, I'm workaholic. I like uh, to help people. I believe it's my life mission uh, to help people. Uh, public service, community services in my blood. I'm also proud father of two beautiful children. My daughter is 19. She was born here. Her name is Victoria. We were very happy when she was born. It was a big victory for us. So we call her Victoria. Yeah. And she is now a college student. And my son is 21. His name is Yakov. He was 10 months old when he came to America. He, he graduated from gifted and talented program. Then he uh, passed exam and went to Brooklyn Tech High School and eventually graduated from Vanderbilt University. His major was business major, applied in behavioral economics. He's a very successful business professional. So I'm, I'm blessed to have an amazing family. And uh, I'm very grateful to New York, to America for opportunity. Uh, 
this country is amazing, and I always say God bless America. Okay. Well, listen, what I'm hoping for is that after Election Day in November, you're going to be my city councilman. Right now you're in a different district, but hopefully we'll get rid of Justin Brannon and Ari Kagan will be the councilman from this part of Bay Ridge. I will be blessed, honored. Thank you so much. And again, I do not take a single vote for granted. I'm going door to door every single day. I'm talking to people. That besides uh, working as a council member and voting on le- legislation and, and, and proposing legislation and um, uh, giving funds, securing funds from uh, city council to important community organizations, schools, after school programs, and worship community projects. Just today I spoke at two graduations. That's, again, it's a big honor, big honor to be council member and to be able to support uh, schools, uh, parents, families, seniors. That's a huge big deal for me, and I'm very, very grateful. Councilman, good luck on June 27th. Good luck in November. Hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for this opportunity. Hope to receive uh, support of majority of Republican voters on June 27th. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. BQ.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me. Mike Connors now accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. And my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. And again, you got to indulge us a little bit for talking about these local races, but all politics are local, and it's important that the New York City Council, you know, have an infusion of new blood because uh, we, we just can't have a one-party system forever in New York City. If it is, New York City will die. It may die anyway, but let's, let's fight the good fight in the meanwhile. I mean, local politics have given us people that don't trust policemen, um, people that seem, it seems like it's okay to run through the streets and holler about hating people and, and knock, knock down glass in people's stores and just... Just it's a mean spirited area now, and criminals are more important than victims. That's wrong. All of that has come from local politics, and I know national politics, state politics. I know that's important, but we're on the front line here locally. So take everything, take everything, please, very seriously, because our city is in trouble. You know, and one thing that was brought up again, uh, talking about policing, I remember when I was a military policeman in Germany, I was a desk sergeant at the end. And one of the things is when somebody got arrested for a crime, you look up their prior record, and I can tell you without exception, they all committed minor violations before then, which I think was one of our points, Vito LaBella. You know, the criminals just don't come up. They don't just, you know, commit a major felony. Bang. They've been doing violations, minor crimes or whatever, which they go unpunished and they keep going on to greater crimes. And it is important, you know, for us to to try to get a handle on crime. 
because, again, people don't just wake up one morning and become a felon. They've done 10 minor violations, a lot of things they probably never got caught for. But when they did get caught, nobody punished them because it was a minor violation. And then they went on to, you know, more serious crimes. And then you have people, you know, somebody hits somebody and then another person comes in to help. And then the good citizen, the good Samaritan is the one that gets in trouble. We, we don't have the right to defend ourselves anymore. We don't have the right to help our neighbor. Oh, my goodness. When you have someone that has a perfect record, perfect citizen, good guy or good gal, and then he, he stops somebody who's a career criminal or a career crazy person, the good person is put in jail? I don't get that. So, you know, listen back to us. Next week, same time and places. You've been listening to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Next week, we'll talk about estate planning. Thanks so much for joining us. Bye-bye. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this all the way. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this all the way. Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, but when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.